Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Super necessary. God, Eric, my God! Unbelievable! Just like that! Come and done! You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! You can't say much other than wow. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me, yeah? Yeah. It's an Instagram beat something. Hello. 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 There we go, I think. Yeah, you're sounding good. Nice one. Can I turn it that way now? Leave it straight up? Yeah, but whatever's best for you, mate. Sit out with that, bro. I don't know if that's... I don't know how to turn my stream, actually. Hey, Lovely. How are you doing anyway? You okay? Not too bad, mate. You? Yeah, all good. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, so, jump right into it. Um, so, back in the last year, finished the year off strong. Wonderful win um, over in France at Aries 10. Uh, how, how pleased were you with that performance and did the fight go as you planned? I was really pleased with that, man, to finish the year strong, obviously, going out to Aris, fighting in Paris, fighting a Russian as well. Uh, and as the, the, way the, the way the fight went, I was happy with that. Uh, we kind of knew how the, that guy was going to come in. We, we watched a bit of footage, we kind of knew the game plan. I say this, but you never really know how someone's going to come in, but we knew he was going to come in with, like, throw every intention, throw some big lady kicks, try and get me on the back foot so he could then shoot a takedown, get me down and just basically lay and pray, but I just I put the pressure on early and never really took a, a, a back foot, a, a back step, sorry. I just kind of pushed him uh, against the cage myself and then started to get my shots off and then put him away. That's really how we've seen the fight going. That's usually how I look at my fights go. Is I, I like to put the, the pressure on people, that type of educated pressure, make my reads, make, hit them with fakes, let them make some mistakes. And then usually I, I get the kill shot and finish guys off that way. Can can you talk a bit about the experience of obviously fighting in France? The sport's still quite new in, in the country. How was that experience overall? You wouldn't think it, mate. You would not think that that is a new sport eh, over there. It was so like it was. I was like, like I was fighting. Obviously, I've been to the UFC. I went to the UFC with Danny a while ago, and it was like a small UFC. The way it was run, really professional organization. Eh, sold out arena and stuff when I was out and about in Paris and people were obviously I was speaking English so people realised I was, wasn't from there and they were asking like, what, what are you doing here I was like I'm here for Paris eh? I mean I'm here for MMA I'm fighting on Aris 
and right away everyone knew exactly what I was talking about. Oh, Iris, oh, Iris, like they knew. I think it must be quite common there. There and obviously the show was massive. That the promotion, it was a uh, eight thousand, eight thousand people. I think that that arena and it was sold out as well. So yeah. they, 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 it's, you wouldn't really think that it's a brand new sport over there. And it's just been legalised. Obviously, I knew that going over there, but the fans didn't really act like that. It's like it's been there a while and they're really, really passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. seem to be evolving really quick over there. Mm-hmm. I think you've seen it with the um, when Bellator went over for the card. You, you seen what it was like then. So it's, it's only good for the sport long term, I think, isn't it? You know what you know, I think it is? People like Cyril Gain and uh, Francis Ngannou, like these big, massive stars who have come from France. Like when guys are that big and have that type of stardom, like it's hard not to look at what sport they're doing and can they? Not even get behind it, but acknowledge it. Do you know what I mean? These guys have had serious stardom. Cyril Gaines all over the place. They've like, got like, big football matches and obviously Francis Ngannou is now a world-wide kind of superstars. One of the heaviest and heavyweights ever. Do you know what I mean? So it's hard for it not to explode over in a country like that where you've got big stars like that kind of backing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so before you had the fight with Aries, uh, you fought at EFC 95 in, in South Africa. What was that experience like over there? That was also a great experience. That's something kind of I've always wanted to do. We've had uh, one of my teammates fought on uh, EFC years ago, Danny Henry, and obviously seeing him fly out to Johannesburg and fight in South Africa, I thought that was crazy. That's a crazy experience. I'd love to do that myself. And once I joined high level, I'm training for a bit with Danny, speaking to them, it was always one of my goals to try and get out there myself. And that kind of came to fruition when I, when I went out and fought in July. And what an experience it was. It was great to actually get out to that side of the world, man, and see what it's like. And, obviously fighting the UFC that was also a very well-ran promotion the, the people were they were really nice uh, the fans also really passionate man the difference was when I was fighting I would say when I fought over there I fought in like so they've got a performance centre the UFC but it's kind of like the UFC apex uh, it's quite intimate there's only maybe 100 people or something so it was quite a small small place where I fought there wasn't like a lot of fans well they're still passionate but there wasn't a lot of them obviously which is different from Paris where there was 8,000 and they were all screaming but I quite enjoyed that experience as well, where it was more intimate. And another thing, when I was in when I was in South Africa, they pushed the foreigners a bit more. Like we were doing like uh, post-fight press conferences, uh, and like post-fight interviews, all that type of stuff. It was all a lot, they were kind of like pushing us more. Whereas this, I was like the the foreigner, like the guy they were bringing in, so they never really bothered to interview me or ask me too much questions. They weren't really asking me. Whereas when I was in South Africa, I was kind of like treated like a bit more like a star. Where they were eager to ask me, ask me questions and they were eager to try and push me and like do it on social media and stuff like that. So that was a great experience as well. Both massive, massive uh, got learning aspects in them. Uh, are you able to actually enjoy these countries within fight week? You know, fight week's obviously a crazy thing. Are you able to actually take in the, these countries for what they are in there? In a way, yeah. I'm, I'm, obviously I'm not able to eat what I would want and try the the cuisine of that country or whatever, obviously fight week and stuff, I'm not able to go out and kind of, I can go out and see the sights a bit. South Africa was different, mate, because that's a rough, rough country. Mm. We were in quite a, a rich part, which is quite kind of looked after. We, we, would, we would only venture down to a mall, which is literally down the road, but the mall's got like, it's got like security guards, like big AK, like big, big assault rifles and stuff like that, because it's that type of country where you can't venture too far than, I think that I'd like a 50% unemployment rate, so it's really, really rough out there, mate. We weren't venturing too far, I would 
be honest, probably get kidnapped and, and robbed and stuff like that. Whereas Paris, I could kind of go and walk about and, and enjoy that place. I went to the Art de Triomphe, Eiffel Tower, just kind of see the sights and enjoy it. But as for on fight week, you can go about and see and see things and experience it. The only thing you can't do is enjoy the food, but you can obviously enjoy it after. Yeah. yeah. But they're both totally polar opposite type of experiences, whereas South Africa, like I said, I can't really go out much. I can't really venture, but it was still lovely and I, I liked it. I liked meeting people. I liked the, the place. And then obviously... Paris, where I could go and venture, I had free will. I could go and walk to Arc de Triomphe for my coach. We could go down the park, we could go and the tower and see the sights and stuff. It was both kind of opposite in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Paris has its like freedom and that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so to stick with sort of the, the travel then, um, stick with the countries and that you fought in four different countries. Uh, Four pro fights so far, um, four different promotions. Are you open to sign with a, a promotion long term this year, or is is the idea to still continue having these different experiences? That's the plan, mate. I'd like to sign my major promotion and sign that I'm a multi fight deal. Eh? Like I say, I've fought four different promotions for all different for all four different fights that I've had. Eh? The latest show offered me a multi fight contract when I first signed first signed that fight with MA but I didn't really want to go for a multi fight I didn't really know where, my, where the year was going to head I didn't know where I was going to be so I just signed the, the single fight but now that I'm four, no, I, want, I want to look to see if I can get signed by a big promotion and sign a multi fight three fight four fight whatever and then obviously go on to venture into the UFC or contender series after that but that's the plan for this year mate sign a, a multi fight contract with a big promotion whoever yeah. it is I was just going to say, do you have a promotion in mind or is it just more about whatever's the best deal for you at the time, whatever's best for you in your career? I've got a few in mind, but probably the deal is kind of the most important thing. I'd say, uh, like, obviously there's Bellator and that there. There's a uh, PFL. The UFC is a bit forward in the line, but I'll, I'll definitely get there. Uh, even Aris, I'd sign a multi-fight contract with them, I think, because... They have eight shows a year. They're guaranteed to keep me active. This is what I'm saying. It's, it's more about the offer they bring rather than promotion because I need to be kept active. I don't want a promotion to sign me and then be like, right, you can fight March and then we're not going to get you a fight until December next year. I'm like, nah, it doesn't quite work. Yet. I mean, I want to be fighting every couple of months. Yet. I mean, like, I want to be active. You know, like, like I was saying about Eris, they have eight shows a year. First show there's 20th of January. They're going to have another show probably like March time. And then, like every couple of months to the end of the year. I need shows to keep me active. I want to just kind of keep ticking over and uh, build the experience to keep fighting. Yeah. yeah. I think they have one for, for February, I think, as well, don't they? Really? Yeah, they probably will. Yeah. I think it's in a good place at the moment, though, MMA. Like, there is so many different promotions out there at the moment that are all different big things and different things. So I'm sure you'll have uh, no shortage of offers coming in soon. Yeah, I feel like we're blessed now. MMA is like, that is fast growing. I and mean, a lot of these shows are now, they're fast growing as well. There's a lot more money, there's a lot more back and a lot more exposure. And, and there's a lot more shows. So there's a lot more opportunities for fighters. Whereas back in the day, it was only like a multiple shows, like a handful of shows. Now we've got, now we're spoiled for choice. It's decent. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so moving on to your actual fights themselves then. So you finished all your fights, bar one being a draw. Majority of those finishes uh, being in the second round. Is there a method to how you've been able to achieve that or is it just how the fight plays out? 
it's just me, man. Uh, I feel like my fight IQ is quite high. I'm able to read opponents, uh, see what they favour, see what their flaws are, and I'm able to kind of download it quickly and see how to get them out of there, whether it's submissions or KOs. You'll see, you'll see in my record, I've got multiple of both. Anyway, I can get the fight finished. I feel I'm, that's usually the path that I go down and, and, and get the finish. I've got 100% finish rate. Even in my amateur career, man, I was finishing guys, eh, whether submission or, or KO. I just to have that IQ, I'd say. A different type of IQ than most fighters, I would definitely say. Yeah. Well, what I, what I was going to ask, because obviously at, <clears throat> at this point now, you, like, you've been on a tear since 2017. You're on a essentially a 13 fight on beating streak. You mentioned there about the fight IQ, but prior to that, you, you, you were on three losses. Did, did, did anything with that, like, was the... Was there like a, a shift that was created after those losses where you went, um, that's not going to happen anymore? Or was it literally experienced? It was definitely a turning point, man. But like, there was definitely a lot of experience gained there. Like you said, I, I experienced the, that again there. That's worth its weight in gold. Having three losses, no matter it feels like, feeling the embarrassment. Uh, even just going through tough fights and, and feeling that... Uh, but there's definitely a, a turning point and a, a, definitely a mental shift where I was like, right, I can't be going on like this anymore. There's something I need to change. I was, I was training hard. I was doing other things. I was, I don't really know what it was that caused me to lose a three fights, but I just knew after the third one is it's not happening again. I'm giving my all with this. I'm getting my mind in sync. I'm training hard. Uh, but man, I don't know if, what it really was that kind of, I can't really put my finger on what type of shift it was, but definitely I'd say I say a mental shift. I was like, more, it's more embarrassing. See, once obviously you lose one, it's hard. You lose two, you lose three. I was like, this is embarrassing. I was like, I need to get the finger at man. I need to do something about it because I, I still believed I could go and do it, and I, I just refused to give up. Like my my, my journey wasn't over. I wasn't letting the story end like that. Do you know what I mean? And I just kind of kept grinding, kept grinding away, getting better, and just pursuing my craft. And obviously, the experience gains went on to pay dividends. And now I'm on this. Like you said, thirteen fight win streak. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's <clears throat> intriguing when like you see that like fighters that have been on a little skid and then they've come back and they've completely turned it around. Like I'm, all, I'm just always curious. Like as it was it the the mentality there at that point that's you know made a change or was it experience gain? So that that's why I wanted to. Ask you about because it, uh, it was such so it was so long ago it's hard to actually pinpoint it but there was a lot going on I remember like definitely mental and definitely training that I was if you look at the way I lost day fights it's mostly technical based like the guys weren't out willing to outwork me and, and I wouldn't say they were even better but they just had better technique and they were able to wrestle me and at the time I was at a gym where we never really done any wrestling mate I never knew what wrestling even was so I was getting double legged easy you know where they just they shot a double leg and I'm just falling over their back it was just like green beginner stuff yeah it happened multiple times and in, in like the, the free fights so obviously I, I went on to get better at wrestling so there's experience gained and better and even just the mental shift like I'm saying be willing to be willing to get up even if I get took down be willing to fight and get up and get up and get up and just never give up so there's so much experience so much gain from the losses yeah yeah and what was the um, was that part of the reason that you eventually went over to a higher level 
Definitely, yeah. Uh, like I'm saying, I never really knew what wrestling was. And my first loss was to a guy from higher level. Right. Yeah. Uh, Martin, uh, Martin, Martin Russell. I never even knew what wrestling was. He was taking me down. I was like, fuck me, man. It was just a total shock. But uh, yeah. me, and one of my, me and my one of my teammates at the time eventually left the team we were at. He was getting ready for a pro fight, his pro debut. And it was just me and him in the gym. Just me and him, basically, and some beginners and guys that just come in for maybe to train twice a week, whereas we were looking at it as a, a job. Mm. This is our priority. We live and breathe this. And these guys weren't really taking that serious. And, and listen, we didn't, I can't blame them. Like, they don't, that's not their full time occupation. But I was like, we need to be surrounded by guys that actually are taking it seriously and really do have a vision to go on and do well. And who actually prioritise MMA? And then the higher level was the only place. But you you could be surrounded by like like minded athletes who were pursuing a dream of being world champions and pushing each other and had that teamwork and stuff. And obviously the head coach was tremendous as well. Yeah. Um. I mean, speaking of higher level, um, I think it was nicely onto the next question there. As you said, so you've been there for a few years now. Um, can you highlight some of your main coaches and how important they have been to your progression? James Dillon, hands down, that's that's like my head coach. He's like he's a head honcho, he's the boss. Uh, I'll forever be grateful for that man. He's showed me so much, he's taught me so much, he's gave me a lot. Uh, taught me basically nearly everything I know. Do you know what I mean? I've been at high level for a long time now, and he's taught me an awful lot. There is coaches in the past, obviously, that I do need to pay homage to, like Alex Nedden and Bayer Thompson, people that trained me first and got me into the sport. I'll forever be grateful to them, but for as where I am now and the stuff that James Dillon has done for me is out of this world mate and obviously I've got people like Kieran Reid he's one of my my main coaches now as well but that's really just the two of them I've got Kieran Reid and, and James Dillon like they've taught me nearly everything I know especially James I owe a lot to him and can you just um, highlight some of the fight like the young up and comers who we're going to see on like the regional scene and like, uh, who, who we can, you know, got a lot of guys to shout out. So, we've got Lorenzo Peretti, you'll be seeing him soon. You've probably already seen him. Sean Clancy, Paul Larley, Stephen Clancy, Tunde Lawal, Kunle Lawal. High levels are stable, mate. Yeah, absolutely. These prospects coming in, but we don't always get a lot of exposure online, like being up, being up north, being in Scotland, but. It's time we kind of get what we're due and a lot of these guys are coming climbing through the ranks. Like Sean should easily be number one at his, in his weight class. Don't know why he isn't, isn't he number one. Like he's well and he, a lot of guys are ducking him. There's a lot of guys doing in England and Ireland that are just do not want to fight him. Avoiding that fight. He's, he's he, he was like me in a way where he's struggling to get matches now. He's probably going to need to turn pro. His little brother, Stephen Clancy, who's just won like, he won like WBC Muay Thai World Championships over in Canada. The scary, scary talent that kid. Funny little guy as well. Eh? Lorenzo's solid. Paul Lally's coming through the ranks. Logan McGonagall. We've so, so many guys, mate. If you look at like go on my Instagram, or even just look at my team, man, you see all the guys. Like mm. every single guy I train with is a notable character. There's nobody there that shouldn't really be there. Everybody there's taking it serious. Everyone's got a common goal and, and it's to better themselves and be the best they possibly can. Yeah. I love yeah, my team, man. I'm, I'm really grateful for my team. Yeah, and you also mentioned there, like you, you've got um, like you've got Stevie Ray, who's, who's doing well in PFL. You've got Key Harvey so yourself. 
Um, can this year, do you think this year can become a standout year for, for the gym? Obviously, as you said, you've got loads of big standout fighters there, but do you think this year in particular can be a massive year for the gym? Definitely. I didn't even mention the guys who are on like the level of me and above me, obviously. Keir as a pro like myself. I've got like Luke Shanks as a pro like myself. But Stevie Ray, who's him, Danny, they guys are they're above us. They're the older guys. They're setting the tone for us. I didn't even go into them. I was only mentioning the guys that are kind of like a bit below me. You know? I don't mean below me in skill, but I just mean below us like rankings and yeah, amateurs. Yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's so much of us. But as in for a, a breakout year, mate, I feel like that should definitely be a breakout year for as long as we come come out the come at the gates hot and get you know the problem is mate try to get your guys matched mate see being up in Scotland I've got one show and it's shit I'm just going to be honest on top it's dog meat mate it's pish the show's doing in England we know what they're doing they, they run good shows and but the thing is it's, they don't always match your guys because we don't sell tickets or the drivers just have two English prospects and it, it's annoying it's a it's kind of it's hard to kind of get past that. I'm saying Sean's maybe got an ego pro because he can't get any a fight. Like he'll fight on any show in England. He'll fight any champion. You've got it at the weight class. But yeah. it's try it's try to get out to fight him. Try to get your guys matched is a, is a nightmare. But it's, yeah. if, if if all goes well, it'll definitely be a breakout year. Like we, we know, and we all know, that eventually, like we'll get what we're due. Do you know what I mean? Just keep putting the work in. Eventually, people are going to be forced to fight us or we're going to be forced to move on and the recognition will be there. Because like, we are a team to be reckoned with, I believe, but the only problem is just trying to get us matched. Yeah. Do you, do you think with, with that success that comes with it, you can you can possibly see a change in Scotland, maybe more promotions for the amateurs coming up and that, as that success comes? I hope so. Mate, I've, I've actually been thinking myself about running a show. Like, I'm considering running mm. a show myself just for the... Just to give back to my boys, you know what I mean? To get get them matched. I, I, I can easily just match some fights. I know I know some good guys in England and I know my guys up here. I know it makes a good fight. It's not hard to be... Say it's not hard to be a promoter, obviously. It is a bit hard, but some guys make it harder for themselves, you know what I mean? Putting up yeah. Facebook posts saying, I'm trying to match this guy. No one's going to jump at a Facebook post. You need to go directly to coaches and be like, listen, I think this would be a good fight. What do you think? And just make it happen. Like, yeah. like I'm saying, I'm literally thinking about running a show myself just to help the guys... And my team because we're struggling to get matches but Scotland as a whole we're not as fast we're not as a how would you say this as, a, as well versed in MMA as the rest of England and, and Ireland and Wales and stuff like that like if I go down to England and I say MMA people know what I'm talking about they'll know mm. right away UFC Conor McGregor we're Scotland I say MMA people are like what I then they say oh the UFC Conor McGregor yeah. and they'll finally get it it's not yeah. as it's not as far yet but hopefully we're doing our best to try and push it and eventually it will be yeah. and then and then obviously with that we'll get better shows and better better opportunities for our guys but it's all coming it's all coming yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned it, it there like Wales and Ireland I think they've both got bigger regional scenes as well at the minute which mm-hmm. isn't helping obviously like Wales have got like Cage Warriors Academy and stuff like that and then you know, there's tons of them over in, in Ireland. So, but I mean, if if that's something you need to do, maybe to be a catalyst for MMA in Scotland, it's only going to be beneficial long-term. So um, that's one of my goals anyway, man, to give back to the guys and give back to my team. Like, could could you name a Scottish show? If I, could you, could, do you know any Scottish shows right now? Not off the top of our head anyway, no. How, how shocking is that? Do you know what I mean, bro? Like, there is quite a few, but they're just so irregular. And like... 
I can name them probably all, but there's some that are just dog me. I would never put a fighter on. Like, it's just, they're terrible. And there's some that are okay, but they're not consistent. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's just not the same up here, man. And, and like, I, I could be, and I plan on being a catalyst and run my own promotion just to help and give back to these guys because they deserve the opportunity. They're putting the work in, you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, uh, we, we'll happily have you in the build, the build up to Scots. That's <laughs> right, man. <laughs> um, so, final question, then, mate. Twenty twenty three. We hope it's going to be a big year for you know for the gym and for Scottish MMA in general. But for you yourself, what what are you what are your goals for the year? Same time, major promotion as soon as possible. Stay active. That's I want to get four fights in this year. Every year, my plan. Every year, my plan is the same: to stay active and get as much fights as I can. The past two years has been shit. I've only had two fights, but it's better than none. This yeah, year, yeah. it's the same, same goal. Win fights, win them in dominating fashion. But the biggest one is to get signed to a major promotion. Get my foot in the door. And I'm going to fucking boot it off. Nice. I um, I know you, like, like having fights if you scheduled a few months ahead. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything in, in the pipeline at the minute? I've, li- I've nothing to know, man. I'd let you know. And I have nothing to know. We're literally just waiting. There's a few options there. There is. There's offers floating about. But... I'm just waiting for a wee, a special one, and then I'll announce it. I'm waiting on one. Oh, good, man. Oh, good. Well, we'll uh, look out for that news anyway, and uh, look forward to seeing you in action again. But it's uh, been great to speak to you, Mark. Again, really appreciate you t- taking the time out to have a chat with us tonight. Thanks so much, guys. It was nice speaking to you. You too, mate. Thank you. You take care, guys. See you later. And there we go, everyone. Mark Ewan, nice to talk to him. Didn't realise um, MMA in Scotland was so like obscure, almost to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so I think that's all for us. The talent of God. It's uh, that's crazy. it. I mean, like Mark himself is going to help make it bigger. And then you know the guys we mentioned, Stevie Day, Keir Harvey, they're going to make it bigger. Paul Clay, obviously. Paul Clay, you got Chris Duncan, who's just got in mm. now as well. Yeah, it's it's gonna rise, but as I say, it it's yeah, it's obviously not suffering or as isn't the right word, but it's not being helped by the fact that, like he said, the promotions aren't the best up up there. And as I said, like Wales, I've got you know Cage Warriors Academy. I mentioned uh, that's the just the one that jumps out to you straight away. It's got the Cage Warriors name attached to it. It's like now, now it makes more sense when we when we spoke to Lewis Simpson. But he said he, he was planning that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, um, as well. Yeah. No. Ah, well, that's uh, that's something for us to start researching now, but trying to see if we can help the Scots out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're only a little ourselves, but we'll do what we can. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, this should be up on YouTube pretty much straight away, but the audio will be available either tonight or tomorrow, but we'll, uh, mm. we'll let you know when it's up. But yeah, thanks again, everyone. Take it easy. This is the greatest. I love it. It was super necessary.
Mauritius. 